Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hey everyone, Michelle McCullough here. It has been so fun joining you every single week for new shows of The Living Room, but I have another project that is coming out that I am so excited about. My book, The Make It Happen Blueprint, is being published through a publisher, and it is now available on March 21st. And I am so excited, a project I've been working on for so long. But I wanna tell you how this book came about. As you know, I have this podcast. I also have the Make It Happen podcast and the managing director of Startup Princess. And I'm also a speaker. And people kept saying to me, Michelle, how do you do it all? Well, this book is the answer. In it, I've included my favorite success principles that will help you, whether you're ready to just rock it as a stay-at-home mom, or if you have a business or hobby, you're ready to take it to the next level. This book will give you tips, tools, and ideas in all aspects of success so that you truly can take that dream and make it happen. It's available at amazon.com, at target.com, and also available on my website website at speakmichelle.com. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best as you make it happen. Hello and welcome to the living room. We are so excited that you're listening to us and whether you're listening to us live or to the playback, we are so grateful for you giving us the next 30 minutes of your day. Now, some of you might be new to us in the living room. And if that's the case, you can find more of our shows and more topics of conversation at fromthelivingroom.com. And you can also find this podcast on iTunes or listen to it through the podcast app on your phone if you have an iPhone. Um, Also, just a shout out to our social media channels. We have um, a fun Facebook page at From the Living Room, facebook.com slash From the Living Room, and we're also From the Living Room on Instagram and Twitter as well. So join into the conversation, share with us your thoughts and feedback about this show and others, And we're also interested in your topics of conversation. If there's something that you'd like us to cover on The Living Room, we hope that you will let us know either through our social media channels or by emailing us through our website. Today, we're going to dive into a conversation about resolving family drama. As much as we'd like to believe that we don't have it in our lives or that we'd like other people to believe that we don't have it in our lives, it is there, whether it's within your immediate family or your extended family, we all get to figure out how to deal with some family drama. So today, um, I am your host, Michelle, and we are also joined by Jana and Heather, who is on joining us via phone. Heather, say hello. Hey, guys. (laughs) We acknowledge the absence of Jody, who is not feeling well, so we're sending well wishes to her today. So to start this topic of conversation up, I have debated about whether or not I share a specific story from one of my own family dramas. Yes. And I do not have the guts (laughs) yet to do it. You have to. Um, But... Uh, It's interesting to me over the course of my life where I was raised by a mother who would not let us tease each other. She didn't think that teasing was very good. And even if we were just joking, um, she really struggled with anything that ever sounded small or belittling. And because my mother was a single mom and because she um, created a great spirit in our home, we often listened to her. And as I look back at my family life and my experiences in my immediate family, we really did not have a lot of family drama because of the advice that she had created. Now, as as adults, 
Um, we tend to have a little more family drama than mm -hmm. we used to. And everything from disagreements about dates for family reunions or at extended family with my in-laws, having conversations um, as our family grows and changes and as some people change their political parties on us and we're not sure what to do about that. <laughs> Um, or even change their religious views. Everything from the small to the big affects the way that we are uh, involved in our families. So while I get up the guts to share a specific story, I'll have you consider some thoughts and questions that you can answer for yourself. Whenever some of these family dramas come up, come up do you either A, allow them to be a wedge, or do you B, allow them to be a way for you to resolve something in your family so that you can have stronger relationships? Because what I have found over the course of my limited adult life, that as some of this family drama comes up, I see it as a test from a loving God that is trying to help us figure out if we're going to let our family relationship stay strong if we're, or if we're going to allow petty things to tear us apart. So for my first question for you hosts is, as you think about family dramas that you have either had yourself or your friends, quote unquote, have had, <laughs> Um, what are some things that you have noticed that have been reasons that family drama even comes up to begin with? Well, I can jump Heather, in Heather, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll jump in there. So the first thing, and I sound like a broken record, but the first thing that always is at the root is selfishness. Like when, when there's selfishness involved, there's drama involved. <laughs> And the second one, yeah. to be honest, is what we've seen mostly when there's conflict in our families, really on my husband's side, is addictions. And so yeah. between those two things, addictions and selfishness, that's where, that's where the drama always, you know, drums up from, is those two things. And we've seen it, well, since I met my husband, we've seen it for years. Yeah, I, it's interesting because you say that and immediately my mind thinks of big things that we've even discussed on this show, um, addictions, um, sexual addictions, uh, drug addictions. Um, but I also think that sometimes our pride is an addiction too. And wanting to save face in, in our family or wanting to be right can also be one of those addictions that comes up and defeat, that feeds that selfishness. Mm -hmm. uh, Jenna, would you have anything else that you would add about how and why family drama even happens to begin with? You know what? I think um, insecurity and competition. Yes. I think, oh, I you that. know, oh, mom always liked you better than me or... Uh, <laughs> Seriously, or I laugh only because I have a story like that. Or my adorable sister-in-law outdoes me in every way, and now I feel insecure, or you know, whatever thing. I think that kind of stuff really does show up and happen. Well, and it's interesting that even within our own families, we can have competition where it doesn't need to be. But you know, sometimes I feel like our family reunions are just like uh, high school reunions and college reunions, where you go back and. We're trying to prove that someone's smarter than another person or um, has a better life together instead of coming together and saying, hey, I love the quote by my friend Ashley Miller who says, you bring your gifts and I bring mine and let's all grow together. Oh, that's good. Because I think that sometimes we can get competitive when it comes to family situations where if we all just said, hey, you have this gift of really great parties. I'm going to let you throw a really great party. I have a great gift of just being a really good person who takes orders. So you just tell me what to do. <laughs> and sometimes that's in reverse, right? Right. 
Right. Oh, that's so funny. No, but it's true, you know? And you love the person who stays after and helps you with the dishes just as much as you love the person that puts on the spectacular dinner. Absolutely. Um, so here's the other question that I know that there are some people, and I even had um, one of our friends um, who asked us to do a show on in-laws, which we were hesitant to touch because um, we then would feel like we had to talk about our in-laws. And so we didn't really touch that, but I think we we're kind of t- touching it here. But um, I have a friend who has said, you know, I really struggle with my in-laws and having my in-laws understand me and make sure that they hear me because sometimes they seem critical or judgmental of the decisions that I make. And I'm trying to figure out how to um, stand up for myself when I feel somewhat muted or um, feel like I can't be who I am, which is interesting. And I'm grateful that I don't have that struggle within my in-laws, but I can't imagine going to a family party where you feel like you don't fit. And so mm-hmm. what thoughts or suggestions do you have for someone who feels like um, their in-laws or even their immediate family where they don't feel like they fit? How can you recommend that they can share their thoughts and opinions in a way that makes them feel safe and also makes um, their in-laws or even their immediate family feel more comfortable? That's such a good question. You know, it's easy for me to feel like I don't fit in my um, in my extended family or in my in-law family. And I'll tell you why. It's because I was raised as an artist in a home of artists and creative people. And I married into a football family. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They are awesome. I adore them. Uh, but we had a Super Bowl party on Sunday. And honestly, I could care less. I don't even know how to watch football. <laughs> and But you know what? I make killer sugar cookies. So I made little football sugar cookies and did. little jerseys, white and red. You know what? I can participate. And the food was great. And I love my family. And so instead of rolling my eyes or saying I'm not going to go or whatever, it's awesome to go. We had a fantastic time. And like I say, I can contribute sugar cookies. I can't bet on who's going to win, but I can bake. I love that. I can bake too. Let's, yeah. Let's just right? bake. Let's just bake. Okay. <laughs> Heather, do you have any thoughts on that, on helping yourself feel more comfortable or ways to stand up for yourself if you find yourself in a family situation um, that makes you feel a little less than? Yeah, I think I think what Jana said is really important. I think it's looking to where you do have things in common, validating that they have their own thoughts and opinions you know, again, if, if we get caught up in the fact that they need to be focused on loving us, really we need to be focused on loving them first and accepting them and validating them and then see where we can fit in that direction also. You know, we always have this feeling that everyone needs to come our way and fit in with me and get me. But it really comes back to seeking out understanding them first and what they do love and, and accepting that. And once we start to do that and they feel validated and accepted – they'll come our direction and they'll desire more to know us and love us and accept Mm -hmm. us the way we are. But I think we have to go that way first, you know, the same way with kids, right? We have this idea that with children, if we want true commitment from them, that first they commit to us and then we'll show an extended amount of love and then we'll reach their way. But really we need to reach their way regardless of if they come home on time, regardless of if they get straight A's. And I think it's the same with our family. We really have to have empathy and understanding and and selflessness and go that way first so that they feel comfortable coming back towards us and be the one that forges the connections yeah i totally agree Mm -hmm. with that and i think that's really important too and in in the family 
um, we can make choices to feel excluded and there might be actual things that they say or do that will make you feel excluded. And um, I have another friend who I'm so grateful this isn't my circumstance that she'll call her son and say, hey, we're doing this family party, but don't tell your wife you just come. Oh, that's horrible. And um, he was stuck trying to make decisions about um I don't want to make my mother mad, but I don't want to make my wife mad either. Mm-hmm. Until he finally realized that he had more control over this than he thought. And uh, and he went behind her back for a while, um, would make up reasons why he was going to be gone and wouldn't say that he was going to dinner with his family and that she wasn't coming or she wasn't invited. And finally, he just said, you know what? I love her and she's going to be part of our lives, for, lives forever. And it's fine if you want to do something um, from time to time with just me, but um, I would love for you to try and figure out how to do it. And it, the and he tried really tried to forge the way for mom to like it. Now, one of the reasons why she wasn't invited was because she tend to, tended to be outspoken and somewhat oh. critical. Oh, yeah. That so can be that can be a, par- a problem or pragmatic. But then he could also say to his wife, we need to come and we need to have a good conversation and hear the conversations that are not allowed at the dinner table. And I think that's, that's okay. okay too. Yeah. And we had to do that at Christmas and Thanksgiving. We had to say, Hey, we're so excited. Everyone's together. The following subjects may not be discussed. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know what, but that's, that's okay. okay. If you that's set okay. some healthy boundaries up front, then you're less likely to hurt each other later. If we could say, okay, these four conversations are not allowed. Um, we then we're like, oh, great. Well, I'll talk about something else. But then once we get onto one of those subjects that totally divides us as a family, then we're fighting and yelling and, and you're wrong about this or you're wrong about that or you can't do this, you can't do that. And um, and that brought in the spirit of negativity that was not good for our family gatherings. But then at the beginning, we're like, okay, we're not talking about this, this and this. And then we were fine. We talked about everything else. We talked about art and sky and and <laughs> and entertainment and we steered clear of um, politics and religion and some other things. And that's okay. And it's interesting because in years past, we've had some of those conversations and um, on both sides in an effort to change people's minds, which doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, when we found our spaces in common ground, I, I had some of my favorite times with my siblings, with my brothers, with, with my aunts and uncles. And, you know, I grew up and I'll, I will share this. Uh, my dad bless his soul and he is no longer on this earth so it's a lot easier to talk about him uh, this way my dad bless his soul had a lot of great qualities he was one of the kindest nicest people he was a humanitarian to the core he'd give you the shirt off of his back he picked up homeless people and put them in his bed at night and was an amazing and amazing person but he was also the inappropriate uncle and he was my dad so at family (laughs) gatherings he's the one that says inappropriate things or says something just to get shock and awe or would talk about subjects that he knew that his parents and everybody else hated. He tended to be, he tended to be a little bit more liberal than his conservative counterparts um, in many, in many ways, shapes and forms. And I remember as a kid um, acknowledging that my dad was the inappropriate uncle uh-huh. and that that was weird and awkward Um, But I was always grateful at the way that my grandparents responded. They would they would say, oh, James, we can't have that conversation here, but I'm happy to have it with you later. What other friendly family friendly conversation would you like to talk about? (laughs) And they never once said you're an idiot, you're dumb or you're not allowed at family gatherings or you can't do this anymore. They they would just say 
you know we can't do that now, and they would change the subject, but they still showed him a ton and a ton of love. And sometimes I think that um, we allow our opinions to get in the way of our relationships, and we can curb conversations, we can prevent conversations, and we can also show a whole bunch of love, which ends up simmering the drama and making it better. Heather, what would you add to this conversation at this point? Well, I know, I know for us, and I've had to remind myself of this a number of times, that it really does come down to preserving relationships and a decision, a very conscious effort to preserve those relationships or not. And, you know, like I mentioned, and I've mentioned in a few other shows where with my husband's side of the family, we've dealt with some things such as, you know, terrible drug addictions, things like that, with very close family members that you know, I didn't grow up with that I would be just fine walking away from. <laughs> but I can't because they're related to me by marriage and they have a relation to my husband. And so our motto has really been to preserve relationships and protect our family. And those two things have gone hand in hand. So we've really understood the need to preserve relationships, even with people who are making decisions that we don't agree with. But at the same time, it's gone hand in hand with protecting ourselves. And so we used a lot of boundaries to still have relationships and yet keep ourselves safe and keep our children safe and our home and the spirit that we try to have here safe. But those two things have really played a role hand in hand, preserving relationships and protecting our family. And as we focused on those things, we've really been blessed with abilities to continue to have appropriate relationships, work through, you know, the stress and struggles of family and those disagreements and still make sure that on the back end, our family is taken care of. And so that's been where we right. placed our focus most of the time are on those two things. Well, and I, and I think what you say is, is why it's okay to have boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. And just like we have, it's okay to say, we're not having this conversation at the table and it's okay to say, Hey, these certain things don't make me feel very comfortable. We can also do that with a whole lot of love. And, and I also think that there are ways that you can deal with them in advance and also ways that you deal with them um, publicly versus privately, right? So you can talk to have a conversation with someone that says, hey, when this happens in our family, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Is there any way we could try it differently? And help them see and understand and be respectful. And I mean, there's so many, just like you said, there's so many different family dramas that are going on. Um, that it's hard to, to find answers, especially when we're talking in generics uh, to preserve the innocent in our own families and in our friends' families as well. But um, I think that having some of these conversations up front are really important. But then, like you say, preserve the relationships, but protect the families and the protect the future conversations as well. I think that's valuable and wise. So one of the other thoughts that I had is what do you do with the person who, because your family invites you to do something that you don't want to do? And I don't just mean like invites you to watch a movie that you feel like is inappropriate, but somebody who might be selling something in direct sales, for example, that you don't love, or someone who might invite you um, to a political group that you don't necessarily feel like you want to be part of, or someone who is telling you about whether or not um, you should vaccinate your children, or someone who is telling you <laughs> that 
um, is, is telling you that they need you to buy this product because they're going to save their families. Like those are just seven different things oh, that wow. happen where a family member using their relationship oh, will try yeah. to get you to do something that you may or may not feel comfortable with. So the question is, how do you have some of those conversations with love and confidence? Have you ever had that kind of experience you don't necessarily have to share? But what would your recommendations be to someone who's listening to this call who says, oh, I have this brother-in-law who always corners me and wants me to do this and it makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't want to. Or sister-in-law or mother-in-law or anything, you know? That's really interesting. You know, I, I don't have that issue in my really family. Oh, that's so great. You're like, uh, yeah. And, and focusing on and explaining to them that your relationship with them means more than the product or the multi-level marketing or the whatever it might be. And they, to safeguard your relationship, that can't be a part of it. And again, to put sure. emphasis on you as a person are the most important thing to me. And some of these other things will jeopardize that relationship we have. And as a result, mm-hmm. it can't be a part of, of us, you know, because our relationship means more. You mean more to me than, you know, your downline. And so you have to separate them and help them see that. Be sure you're upfront with those things. Right. Well, and I think that like so many other things that we talk about, how you talk about it is just as important as, as whatever the conversation is and the relationship. Um, so for example, in my family where my dad would have all kinds of health products and he wasn't into multi-level marketing, but he loved his, his vitamins and he would try to get people to take the vitamins and no one wants to take the vitamins and, and, (laughs) and, you know, but at the same time, my dad would be the one who would ask people uncomfortable questions and he would want them to answer them. And I think that the answer is, is sometimes is thank you so much. I am not interested. I care about you. Um, so don't make this mean I don't care about our relationship, but I'm not interested in X or whatever that is. Um, and I think it's okay that in some of those conversations where you feel differently or where you feel pressure, because I know that pressure comes. Um, I have a friend who felt pressured to match at family gatherings because that's what everybody else was doing, but she didn't want to. (laughs) And um, on one hand, I wanted to say, does it really matter? Like, you really don't want to match. That's not going to be a thing. But if I can't convince her that matching is it, like if she feels like a piece of her identity is taken away, then she needs to figure out how to say that without hurting people's feelings. And she needs to figure out how to say, you know what, it's so you guys are welcome to match. I'm just not going that's just not my vibe Um, but you have but then afterwards like in the scriptures it'll talk to us like reproving at times with sharpness but then afterwards sharing an increase of love I don't think that you need to be sharp but I think that afterwards you show an increase of love that you that you allow to let your words actually act and that you say and what you say you're going to do so if you're going to stand on a leg and say I'm not going to do x y or z but I love you and I care about you and and I want to make sure we still have a great relationship. You need to make some effort to say, I love you, I care about you, and we're going to have a great relationship. And whether that's making phone calls or sending letters or whatever it is, 
that you still focus on the relationship because sometimes I, I can even notice myself in awkward conversations where I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person or I'm just going to stay away or and then that doesn't make the relationship stronger because then there's weirdness around why I won't do whatever they're doing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we have a few other minutes to talk about some other um, family dramas or thoughts. But before we do, Heather, do you have any thoughts that you want to add in here about um, resolving some family conflict? Oh, you, you know, I think like the example you just gave, that's funny because there are going to be some things that to us aren't, aren't an issue. Like when you said that matching to me, it hits me like it did you where it's like, that's not that big of a deal. That would be a great place where I could jump on board when there's other things I would disagree with. <laughs> so I could jump on there right. or other things I wouldn't agree with. And so I think we have to weigh that out and realize how big of a deal is it and, and is it necessary to help preserve relationships? Because sometimes there's things we can do, even if they're not our favorite, that do help our relationship strengthen and make it easier to say no to some other things that might be bigger battles. And I think that's something we take into consideration. But I think something else we have to realize is I think we hope that there won't ever be conflict or drama in our relationships or extended family or friends. But that's why we call it managing conflict because there is all going to be something. It's our ability to manage it. We, we can't, you know, dispose of it completely until we die. But we can get better <laughs> at managing it. And so I think that's what we're talking about, the ability to manage these situations more than banish them from ever happening again. Because they will come up. They'll still be there. Mm-hmm. True. You know, I think there's some inner work that has to happen. I know for me, in certain instances, I have felt, I thought, judged, uh, whether it be for how not clean my house was or how I raised my kids or whatever, just because I perceived a difference. And I realized that I projected judgment that maybe didn't exist that maybe they weren't judging me at all I perceived a difference and assumed they were judging and in fact that wasn't the case and I think it's really important to examine what's going on inside of you and is it your own insecurity or is it your own you know whatever it is stubbornness whatever and and try and deal with that first and then the other thing is I think it's really important to think about how you talk about people in your family and extended family when they're not present. Right, I love that. And I, I know some of those things have come back to me and I've thought, oh, I'm so grateful they have my back or, oh, so that's how they really feel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think it's really important that we are careful in the way we talk about members of our family. I think so too. And I think that, um, you know, it's interesting because I'm mindful that there are people listening to this and I just had a couple of friends come to mind that are listening that might be listening to the show thinking you know I talk to my my ex or like line not ex but mm -hmm. I haven't talked to my mom my sister my brother in five years right that something happened there was some inciting event and they don't speak to each other and it's interesting because this this show is not necessarily about always solving and healing and mending because to your point, I think that for each of us, we need to make sure that we're not projecting our issues. And, and I'll, I'm going to share. I am going to share this personal experience that I feel comfortable with. And then I have a, a thought tangent that just happened just then. But um, 
when we, my, my husband is from Oregon and when we would go there for family reunions, um, we would take our kids and my husband is the youngest. And so our kids are the youngest. Mm -hmm. And from the time they were, were very little, we would go to visit and we had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, a one-year-old and a three-year-old changed the dynamic of the house and set an entirely separate tone in the house. And I remember being asked to take my kids away. And I remember leaving and leaving almost in tears and crying and driving my kids away from what we were supposed to be doing as a family. Now, they were kind about it. They were not me and mean. And so I took that. I took it a lot harder than it needed to be. And after a couple of years of this, I realized that it's okay. Like my kids are a handful. My kids have a lot of energy. And in a house that is a small three bedroom bath, three bedroom, two bath house, you have 25 people in there, kids screaming and running around as you're trying to get ready for family gathering or family dinner can, can become too much. And so instead, instead of, instead of saying that that they they didn't like me or they didn't like my kids. I turned into a, Hey, my kids and I are going to go on an adventure and we're going to go drive and we're going to go. And my husband would stay behind so that he could help clean the house and do some other things. And, um, and now my kids are older and it's a non-issue. Yeah. And so, but I remember at first being sad and then later realizing, wait, this is not terrible. Giving kids breaks is great. I want them to have good experiences with their grandparents, mm-hmm. with their aunts, with mm-hmm. their uncles. And once I made it a non-issue, we were able to, um, I was realizing I was the one who was making it an issue, right? They might've made the request. I made it the issue. Yeah. And so once I could get to that, that made it, made our relationship much stronger and I didn't allow it to become a wedge, but I acknowledge that there are some people who have had circumstances. And for those of you that are, that are listening to this call, that you've had circumstances with your families where you've had to make a, a split or a break. I also acknowledge that while that, that has not been my experience in hearing a couple of stories that are coming to mind. I know that we do sometimes, and even in the scriptures, there were families who left, um, who left each other because they were harmful. Their relationships were harmful. And so this is not that everything has to always be mending, but I think that what your point, Jana is a great place to land on is doing your own personal work and that you don't allow circumstances to affect you more than they need to, that you make sure you're in a strong and confident space and that you're making decisions for the right reasons and not for the wrong ones and not out of emotion, but out of, and maybe to Heather's point too, preservation as well, that sometimes that is okay. And that sometimes resolving the family drama might be space and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Heather, we're about to wrap up. We have two minutes left, but do you have anything else you'd like to add before we close? No, I love that. I think that's a great place to end. Just just back at ourselves, right? Really all relationships start with us. So whether there's drama or not, if we come back to ourselves and positively interpret and take a high road, you know, we, we can get through any of these things, whether it means a separation or not, we can get through it. Absolutely. And I think that while there are some times that we need to stand up for ourselves and defend, there are probably other times where we could let some things go and that's okay too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are in your families, whether you're in the middle of a drama or you've just resolved one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to hear your ideas. So come to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash from the living room and share with us your thoughts about resolving family drama and making your family stronger. And until we are together again, we hope you'll give yourself your families, and even your in-laws some living room. 
Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.